Hey there, Perfect Movie listeners. This is Steven. The episode you're about to hear was released one year ago this month on the bonus disc, the Patreon feed of the two Gomers. Our Patreon subscribers, we call them Gomertrons, get brand new episodes of Perfect Movie each month, plus the result show for every movie and additional bonus apps depending on what level you subscribe at. Now that a year has gone by, we're releasing the main Perfect Movie episodes to this feed so the public can hear them. If you want to stay up to date and hear these episodes a year in advance, make sure you head over to patreon.com slash twogomers to subscribe to the bonus disc. And if you like what you hear, make sure you check out Overcoming Runner's Block. That's our health podcast where we chase big goals, face our excuses, and invite a nation along for the run. You can find Overcoming Runner's Block wherever you listen to podcasts. Okay, here's the episode. Happy listening. Typecasting is when an actor becomes so strongly tied to a certain role, trait, or character that they are constantly given parts in movies or TV accordingly, for better or worse. Many actors have complained about this phenomenon over the years, including William Shatner, Christopher Lee, Daniel Radcliffe, and Michelle Rodriguez. Other actors, however, seem to have fully embraced the sameness of their casting over the years. At the height of his career, Gary Busey played the same character type, manic, goofy, potentially dangerous, and sweaty, in dozens of movies over several decades, including his small but memorable role as an ex-con turned private eye in John Grisham's first film adaption in 1993. In that same movie, director Sidney Pollack took the opposite tack, casting Wilford Brimley typically known for his kind, grandfatherly roles and commercial pleas to fellow senior citizens to get screened for diabetes, against type, as a cold-blooded bodyguard-slash-hitman. Both strategies work, and both actors are arguably perfect in their roles. But is the film itself, which stars an actor who has made great efforts in his long career to avoid being pigeonholed as a certain type, perfect? We're the two gomers, we're talking The Firm, and this is Perfect Movie. Perfect Movie, a podcast where two regular guys try to save the universe one great film at a time. This is Anthony speaking, one of those two aforementioned gomers coming to you from Atlanta, Georgia. Joined as always by my friend Steven, all the way out in Flagstaff, Arizona. I wish I had a piano in my office. Oh, because then I would have totally. played. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Is there like even honky tonk that sometimes is happening during this movie? Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. There's like ragtime, there's jazz, honky <laughs> yep. tonk, like for sure. It's we're gonna talk score on this movie for sure, because that for me is like high up there on why I love this movie so much. I think we have talked about this score probably for 14 years on this podcast. Like yep. there's um 
I'm, I'm trying to remember if this was one that I would rip the sound off of and listen to on super long runs. Sure. I mean, definitely Few Good Men. That that but was for sure. The score is way better than that one. Way better <laughs> oh than that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. This should be automatic perfect because down, of down, how down, much down, better down, the down, score down. is. <laughs> There's like no synth in this. There's no nothing except for piano, right? Yeah, no yeah. orchestration. Well, towards the end, there's yeah. like this Dr. Beat thing that they've got going on. You know, you know what I mean? Like, like a metro, like an electronic metronome. Yeah, yeah. it's. I, I, I'm sure it's a woodblock. But you know, but yeah. So it's woodblock, but it sounds like Dr. Beat. So actually, Dr. Beat is trying to sound like a woodblock, right? That's right. Yeah. This was just just in case people want to know what he's talking about. This was a very specific metronome that we used in high school band called Dr. Yeah. Beat. Yeah, it's made by Boss. They still do it. They still have it. I think they have oh, an really? app for the phone. Oh yeah, Dr. Beat is huge, man. Oh, Up there with wow. awesome. the Korg tuner. Um, Ooh, yeah, you can the classic you, Korg. You can, if anybody wants to look it up, you can see the, the the blue Dr. Beat, like a little handheld one for your case. I mean, can okay. you imagine if we could have had one that tiny? Like, remember Dr. Beat was huge? Yes, Dr. Beat. The thing about Dr. Beat was his size. Yeah. He, size mattered. He was, yeah, he was like um, the, the form factor of a VHS cassette. Right. Right, was the Dr. Beat. I still have the OG... Dr. Beat downstairs. Maybe at the break, I'll go grab it and show really? it. Really? Yeah, oh have, my gosh. I would love to see it. I still have Dr. Beat purchased from, um, what was the music store? So there was Ward Brought, but the, the, then there was, um, the place like the buy and sell. Play oh, it again. Like a used, oh, play it again. No, not play it again sports, no, but was, it was something like that. Like second time around music or something like that. that music you could. go round maybe? Ooh, I think that's it. Is that yep. okay? So I'll grab if it's that not, at the it's break. very close to that. Okay, <laughs> so this isn't the actual one that your dad would use in band. Like, I, I mean, the actual, actual one. This is like the I was, actual one that he used in band, and then it became mine. And then okay. because he bought, there was like the next level up, Doctor Beat, um, Doctor Beat that, Two or something, probably. Yeah, it and it had vo a voice, so it said one, two, three. Four. Oh wow! And that was a thing. You can actually smaller. hear Doctor Beat how, how he sounds, his vocalization. Yeah, <laughs> Doctor Knudsen. <laughs> oh yeah. What if it was Doctor Knudsen? Hey. Yeah. Whoa, dude. What I can't hold. Let's get the beat. Let's play some good tempo. Um. Yeah. So there's a total Doctor Beat thing. Um. And okay, also on top of that, um, you can hear. Like actually, Jurassic Park came out the same year, right? And remember, there was there's there's a piano thing, Dennis Nedry. That whole theme is like yes, kind of like Dr. a Beat. frantic, yeah, like with yeah, yeah. woodblock piano piece. Yep. Oh man, so good. And then Seinfeld copies this music big time um, in like season five or six when there's like a a chase scene between Newman and 
Jerry. They really? Totally. I, I can't. Jonathan Wolf or something like that. The guy that does the bass thing. Totally rips off the firm. Do you think? Score. Do you think it's an homage? Is it one of oh, those yeah, yeah. episodes where homage. it's supposed to be like the firm? Okay. Yes. Definite homage. Okay. Not rip off. Yes. Right. That's awesome. Um, well, here we go again. Right into it. We're doing the firm. <laughs> Now, we weren't going to do the firm. Yeah, so this is a pivot. Yesterday we were gonna we were gonna be with our friend Kevin, one of right. our ultra marathoners. We were gonna do that thing you do today. Right. Which we are super pumped about. And then he just wasn't able to be here this afternoon right. to record. And so you and I like were like, what are we gonna do? We went through our list. And mm-hmm. every single one of them was like, more me. You're you're up for anything, man. I like to get in the mood and like <laughs> research. Sure. I like to like marinate in a movie for at least a week before we record about it. So it like, became pretty clear immediately that we had to pick a movie that you had marinated in so much yeah, in yeah, your pre- life. <laughs> Just like I sit in the marination bath of the firm. But right. also, like, not so, like, we, we kicked around Raiders. Yeah. And we were like, no, that's too important. So yep. this movie isn't really that important. <laughs> right, right. It's another it, one it, of these. Yeah. <laughs> totally. That we would be upset if we messed something up on the firm episode. Zero percent um, worried about that. No, yep. but it's certainly one that we both have seen a lot. I probably watch this movie once a year. Okay. Yeah, this fits in the Venn diagram of like we love it, and mm-hmm. it's not, um, it's not a golden goose. It's and not I a wouldn't say cow. it's like a classic of film either. Like, th- right. there's like movies that are golden geese to us, and then there are movies that are like golden geese to the yeah. world. That's like that's a Raiders. Raiders. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Or an ET or something, which took mm-hmm. us a long time to decide we were finally going to do, and a long yep. a, a lot of prep. This one felt like okay, I've seen it twenty times. Yeah, it's it's not precious to us. That's true. There we go. Yep. You know, um, but we both love it. I mean, I it's just dear, a yeah. heads up. I love the firm. <laughs> Me too, dude. <laughs> and I could watch it more than once a year. I just don't. Because I'm like, okay, I don't want, like, I feel, I don't, do you have any movies like this where you're like, I don't want to watch it too much mm. because I don't want it to lose its luster? Yeah. Oh, definitely. Um, no, I don't, I, so I don't know that <laughs> no, anything, <you> don't. <laughs> I, I, I was trying to, I was trying to rack my brain because like, I love like October Sky, for instance, that's like a once a year. Right. Um, yeah. I love Rudy. Obviously, that's a once a year. Mm-hmm. Like those are fall Goonies. See, but things I don't know. Things just don't lose their luster for me, or something. Okay, that's interesting. Like yeah. pizza, I could eat it every day. It never loses its luster. <laughs> this one, I'm just nervous that it will someday. And we can yeah, talk yeah. about this I, more I in the trial, but it's it's still. Uh, Godfather is like this for me too, where I'm still, I still enter into Godfather, Godfather 2 in particular, where I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't really remember how this gets solved. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a very heavily plotted movie, The Firm, right? Yes. There's a lot of twists and turns. You probably on the first viewing, which I think my first viewing of this was 
at in Maureen Murphy's basement at a party. Wow. Okay, so mid early nineties, like videotape, Dr. Beat yep. form factor. <laughs> Try to jam that into the into things drinking cherry coke Doritos. Did you have that that would be my guess. You had Pizza Hut and Cherry Coke and um Cool Ranch Doritos. Well, it might not have been just me. You might have been there for oh, all I we might know. Have, you know right. what I mean? <laughs> like Brenda, it's very likely. Totally. <laughs> yeah. sure. Sarah Bartlett. I remember, no, she had moved by then. I remember being not Sarah Bartlett in a at a party. This wasn't just me and Marine. This was like me and a, yeah, yeah. A, a bunch of people. And so you could have been there. And it was kind Liba. of playing in the background. Yeah, Matt Love was probably there. Um, and I remember really liking what I saw. That's uh-huh. not, it's not a great environment to pay attention to a movie in. But that was your first screen. So, yeah, w- wouldn't Alex in those situations be like somebody to be like, shh? Um, or, or, or was if, he more the cut the up? Move, you, I don't know. That's a good question. I can ask him about that. There definitely were shushers yep. in our friends group, in our yeah. friend group about movies. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, I was trying to think I, if that was Alex or not. Maybe hack. I don't think so. Love you, brother. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. Um, so this one felt like I kind of saw it out of the corner of my eye, and I liked what I saw. Okay. Um, and I had read the book by then. Ooh. Okay. Hold on. Are you ready for this ultra marathoners or well, Gomertrons? Ooh, baby. I was so hoping you had this. This is the paperback. I have the picture of it at the ready, just in this. case I needed to share it. Look at it. Maybe I should read the. I should read this, dude, for the. Oh, you, yeah, you're, that's exactly right. I was borders, thinking about we should read the back of the book. Price six fifty nine. I mean, do, like, just look at the like a John Grisham yeah. book, right? Is this not one of the best things to hold? The, so like, what he's holding up is the original. Uh, I mean, this is first printing, I think, yeah. of the paperback. Yeah. Um, it's got like a uh, the firm really big because I mean this book was massive. Not yep. in size, but in for John, this was John Grissom's like huge breakout. Yep. So the firm itself is huge. The title. Then there's a guy climbing up like a granite wall with a briefcase. Yeah. Th- and I mean, he's got. Yeah. Speaking of Godfather, like, um, what would you call it? Puppet strings attached to his. Yes. Yep. Puppet strings. I yeah. love this. I mean, this is this is an incredible cover design. Like, I really like it. Yep. Like the the green and actually they totally play off on this green marble. Yeah. It's in the movie, like right, like this looks like the law firm, the gold, the green. It, it's evocative of that kind of like big money law firm, right? Yes. Yep. Now, can you see the published date on that? On the, it's probably in the on the in the, in the inside flap, or else I can just look look it up. Uh, I think it was ninety one. Okay, and check. The, I mean, look at this. Also by John Grisham, A Time to Kill. Right. So here's like, the thing. I read The Firm. Yep. And it must have been, I mean, could it have been when I was in eighth grade? I, I know I read the paperback. 91. So my guess is then that I read it in uh, 92, probably, when it, okay. when it released on paperback. And I friggin' loved it. And I'll tell you why when we get to the trial. Okay. And then I was I looked in that front flap and I was like, "Ooh, a time to kill," and I read a time to kill and I didn't like it. Oh, okay. 
because it was not it's thematically very different and again i know i keep saying we'll get to that in the trial but it's the the reason the reason i love the firm so much is why i didn't love a time to kill so we'll get there okay let's let's remember to because even though i only had 24 hours i did take a john grisham deep dive (laughs) okay watch some interviews and Uh time to kill he wrote while he was a lawyer like yeah yeah practicing law he didn't have kids yet he said Mm -hmm. And yeah. so it deals with a rape, right? It's it's a lot of it's it's kind of there's remember. sexual crime in it. There's a lot of race stuff. It's very serious. So sweaty. I mean, they're in okay. uh, all of this stuff kind of takes place in Memphis, Nashville area, right? Yeah, I just yeah. remember how hot everybody was in that book. <laughs> totally. And Matthew McConaughey in the movie is just constantly wet with sweat. <laughs> That's I like I love like that's one of the things I love about John Grisham is like, or, yeah. well, I love when an author or a, a writer or a movie maker like John Hughes, like Midwest, mm-hmm. you know, yep. like when somebody, when, when you just like, when you think about John Grisham, you just think Memphis, New Orleans, yes. yep. like you think of the deep South. And mm-hmm. I, I kind of love that he carries that into his writing and yeah, you know, like it's, it seems very natural and a world that he's steeped in yep. you know like i i, do, I love that and so like that it, it's, the, yeah. i would say the sweatier people are uh, yeah. in a john grisham book the more real it feels to me he just wrote this new series that takes place in the keys and everybody's constantly sweaty and it's just like here we are yep in john grisham it's the same thing with stephen king and maine everything that he hmm. writes in that area of the country feels a, just one step more authentic than when mm. he writes a book that takes place in California or in Texas. It's just sure. that's it's where they're from, obviously. Right. Yep. And so they're able to really bring you into that place. And in, in Grissom's novels, it's mostly just wet armpits. Lots of <laughs> wet armpit talk. Totally. What was the one I just recently read? Uh, well, like the Pelican Brief. I love the Pelican Brief. So that was mm-hmm. the next one after this. Okay. Um, but there was, uh, dang it, it's the one with Susan Sarandon um, I just read. Uh, and it's like a dude commits suicide in a car, like, spoiler alert, at the beginning. Oh, The Chamber. Is that nope. it? The Chamber? That might okay. have happened in that as well. He has so many books. Uh-huh. I mean, probably over 50. And they all have, eventually have kind of like bland, like The Chamber. Is is there any much, is there any right. blander title right. that you could use? So they're all like the, and then some like nondescript yeah. noun. Tort reform. <laughs> so, like right. the street lawyer. That was what I read like last, in the Ooh, fall. Actually, I, love I the loved lawyer. the street lawyer. But that, yeah, that's too. why um, I'm so excited about this mm-hmm. is that it only says... Like in the in yep. the page two, also by John yep. Grisham, a time to kill. Like, this is kind of a relic. It's very you know what cool. I mean? Yes, and I wish I had that. I'm I'm just gonna go on to halfpricebooks.com or something and buy that for myself. Mm. You know what? I'll buy it that for you, bro. Is, that paperback is the one I read. Yeah, I don't like the new one where it's got like Tom no. Cruise on it. Mm-mm. No way. I'm not into soon to be a major motion picture covers. Mm, Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. it says now a major motion picture and it's got Tom Cruise with running down a hall 
oh, we got to talk about Tom Cruise running in this movie, by the way. Oh, for sure. Um, <laughs> but I agree with you. It it kind of takes it. I love I love movie adaptions of books, but I don't like when the movie adaption poster is on the book cover. Yep. Um, so interesting fact on this one, just for the, if you didn't know this, and I didn't know this, was that the book... Act, like it actually became a movie like it was it was green lighted to be a movie before it was published as a book yeah it probably got the, the rights of it got sold before yeah. the, the book got published to the so movie because it was such a I, hot script oh yeah or whatever sure the, yeah. the story that i heard was that he was like searching for publishers on it or something like that and so like you would send uh-huh. a chapter out to different ones and somebody copied that and sent it to like some movie studios. And so they were interested in it before any publishers were. And then once they were, then publishers were like, nom, nom. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, sometimes I hear it. I, I think that it was a similar situation with Jurassic park. I think it got sold. I think Spielberg bought it before the book was even published. Dang. Yeah. So sometimes he's just like, I'm so friggin' jealous. Uh, and I also heard this thing where he started writing The Firm the day after he finished A Time to Kill. Hmm. So he was just like, oh, I like writing more hmm. than I like being a lawyer. I'm going to hmm. do that instead. And then I don't think A Time to Kill sold very well until The Firm. Okay. Um, that was just kind of like whoever. And then people loved the mafia stuff and the money stuff and all the stuff in The Firm. Yeah, and then they're like, "Oh, this guy's got another book." And then "A Time to Kill" became a bestseller after the firm came out. Okay, so "Time to Kill" rode the coattails of the firm. Definitely. Then the Pelican yep. Brief. Hmm. I love that movie too. By the way, I've only seen it once. It was in the theater. Why would I have seen the Pelican Brief in the theater? Because we know, saw but... everything that came out in the '90s, maybe. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Julia Roberts. Denzel, right? Denzel Washington. Yeah. Um, the dude from Mr. Mom or something like no, 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 not Mr. Mom. Um oh, dang it. What was that Diane Keaton movie where she leave Baby Boom? Oh, Baby Boom. Yep. Yeah, yeah. yeah I like that movie. So <laughs> the guy from the town that she that Okay. That I think she falls in love with it or he falls in love with her, and she makes a bunch of applesauce or something like that. Um, just one of these core memories you have that applesauce probably has nothing to do with anything in that movie but that's what you remember i just remember diane keaton a baby applesauce and the guy from pelican brief (laughs) wow i gotta run out and see baby boom um should we do that should we do the gomer one sheet yeah sure i know we've, totally. we've been talking through a little bit but speaking of jurassic park same year right this was um, this, i mean so jurassic park and this were in the theaters at the exact same time i mean is this wow i feel like this i i highlighted this so this came out june 30th 1993 this is like right when me and the chad are yeah. in washington dc for the eighth oh, grade right. trip yeah mm-hmm Everybody is holding a copy. See, everybody our age was holding a copy of Jurassic Park. Yeah. Yep. Right? 
that re- do you have that OG copy? I have I have a I I have it somewhere in a box. Yeah. White cover red oh. T-Rex bones. Why right? is that so perfect? Beyond perfect. It's it, so good. It's because I I've put a lot of thought into the cover of Jurassic Park. Mm. It's because they don't have a picture of a live dinosaur on the front. Hmm. I think there's something about having the di- the T-Rex bones. This isn't a Jurassic Park episode, but we never talked about this on the Jurassic Park episode. The T-Rex bones poised like it's alive. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. W- was like just made my imagination run friggin' wild. Yeah. And then when they just transferred that image, this and probably because it was sold to be a movie already, transferred that image right to the poster, mm. and they're still using it in the branding for this new movie coming out this summer. You're so right. And and remember so good. that trailer, too, with the amber? Ugh. Like, one of the best movie trailer experiences of my entire life. Just I want to go... If I, if I had a time machine, I'd go mm. back to 93. <laughs> So, so okay, like I was thinking about a podcast, dude. Like, um, just like early '90s. Like, this mm-hmm. is the, this. I highlight. I've asterisked this on the Gomer One sheet because I was like, is this like 1990, 91, 92, 93? Like the Nexus. We talked about this on the Fugitive. It's yep. It's we talked our, about this on Groundhog Day. We talked about this in Sleepless in Seattle. We, t- you know, there, yeah. are, there. Look at look at this list. We've done like five yeah. movies on here, Dave. Is on here, Mrs. Doubtfire, which is one of my favorites. Philadelphia, Schindler's List. You know, I mean, like, mm. I mean, just before this was Sneakers, Home Alone 2, A Few Good Men. One of my personal childhood favorite, Homeward Bound. Nightmare <laughs> yep. Before Christmas. I can't even believe it. Yeah. What a year. Yeah. Can you believe seeing Jurassic Park during the summer and then you get to see... Not only Schindler's List, which is incredible. He made those two movies in one year, uh-huh. but also Nightmare Before Christmas in December. Oh, yeah. How lucky were wow. we? Wow. And we're we, the perfect age for all that. Yep. We didn't even know. Um, also, yeah. Jurassic Park, I, I, I said this on that episode, but my parents made me read it before we went. Right. I'm Good job. ill positive that there's no way that either of them read the firm, knew about the firm, <laughs> cared about the firm. Well, uh, I had read both of those books, Jurassic Park and The Firm. Yep. By the time the movies came out. The reason I didn't go see The Firm in the theater is because it was rated R. Oh, which yeah. It, like, sure. Th- there's there's no way this movie would be rated R today. They would take out a couple of the F words yep. and they'd rate it PG-13 because, so right. because people don't go to rated R movies like th- in, in the theater that are like this. Yep. Like why? Like I would have loved to go see this movie in the theater when I was a freshman. Yep, just take out a couple of the coarse jokes, f bombs. Yeah, and there's not a some whole, like there's a little bit of blood? sexy time. Yeah, well, but well, you don't see anything. He kicking, passes out before sex. Oh wait, sexy time with the girl on the beach. Do you see anything? No, no. I'm sure I was looking too <laughs> when I was when I was in high school. I'm sure I was really looking. <laughs> No, there was way more in like Top Gun, if you want. Tom yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, yeah, I know. But uh, yeah, I mean, there was kicking Wilfred Brimley, <laughs> like really violently. Or, yeah, too too much hitting that that diabetes guy with your briefcase over and over again. 
Wilford, Rated R. Dude, Wilfred Brimley in this is like, he's a vibe. He's like one of my favorite things of all time. Like him, him and Hal Holbrook, who are like the nicest men. Yeah, yeah, totally. I love Hal Holbrook. It's got to be on purpose, right? They picked kind of these like super nice men uh-huh. to throw you off. And then they're like horrible people. Yeah. So good. Yeah, I, I think that was genius. Um, here, here's a fun fact I learned the other day that um, like because you know how there are some people that are just like old from the time that they're born or something like that. Right. Sure. So like Wilfred yes, Brimley definitely. was 49 when they made Cocoon. <laughs> you, you told me this before. Did I? Did, he was like. <laughs> He's supposed to be playing like the point of that is that these super old. <laughs> right. So like, dude, that is. Five years older than you. <laughs> yeah, it just is is insane. Yeah. Um, okay, so I love Wilfred Brimley in this. Um, so, yep. okay, let's go over a few more of the one sheet. Did you like that I did it in blue this time? Yeah, I was noticing that. That's great. It kind of pops next to the red stamp. Yeah, I Good think job. I'll start doing that. The If you can see the T in the firm um, is black. Mm, that, I see that. The pen died on the T. Is this a pen I gave you? Is this a blue pen I, no, I actually, gave you? No, actually, lately I've been using these paper made oh. thingies. Oh, I like that. It's like a marker? Yeah, it's like a little thin marker. I, I kind of love mm. these lately. I like the look of it. Yeah, good um, job. Oh, but I still, oh, don't worry, dude. I still got yours. I still got yours all the time. Oh, sweet. This is for the five-year um, journal. I have that in blue is why I was asking. I didn't remember if I sent you any of those in blue. Oh, They're yeah. They're so awesome. Send away. But I really like the look of this. I like a, I like a thin marker. Okay, anyways, I love the blue. Okay. Um. And that the thing that brought that caught my eye on this one sheet definitely was the list of movies. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, this the, is great. I didn't know about the Oscar nominations. Oh yeah, okay. So this is kind of interesting. So it was nominated for two Academy Awards. Holly Hunter, who only has five mm. minutes of screen time. That's crazy. Yeah. Are you serious? I just watched it. Seems like she's in the whole thing. Right. So I, I saw screen that, time. You're I talking saw about. that on. IMDb. It's like five minutes and twenty or five minutes and forty seconds total of screen time. Well, this is like the dinosaurs in Jurassic Park. The, yeah. the less you use them, the more effective. Yeah, they I are. mean, she like she's so memorable. So is Gary Busey. Just like, and he's he dies right away. I forget. I, I always forget. He's <laughs> dead right away. Like he puts. He's some so good. Most sweet and low. You want some sweet and low? You want some dairy cream? You no. want some sugar? I, you want some? Eddie, I just I've got some business. I, good, I have to go. Good, over good. Here. I owe your brother my life. I'm leaving. Thank you, dear. That's my secretary. She is terrific. Like, I love it when he takes that sip of coffee and, like, <laughs> spits. He's like, <laughs> like, I run across some strange things in this job. Some things I would never spray paint on an overpass. <laughs> now, what can I do for you? <laughs> there, there are just so many. We'll, we'll get to the food because there's so many food and beverage Lots scenes. of food. In this movie. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. She actually won for the piano best actress. Oh, okay. Yeah. This year. So she was nominated as best actress and best supporting in different movies. Yep. That's awesome. So actually that would have been cool if she would have won that. They should have put it, her in for at least six minutes. Oh, that would have been awesome. Um, and it was nominated for best score. Um, mm, Dave that Brewson. honky tonk. Yep. Yeah. I mean, 
Yeah. So we'll get there to talk about that. Um, but it okay, lost to Schindler's List, which, hello, that was okay. the movie yeah, of the year. That's, like, that's fine. Yeah. Um, budget for this was $42 million estimated, probably mostly to Tom Cruise um, yep. and John Grisham. Mm-hmm. Grossed at the box office, $158 million U.S., $270 million worldwide. I mean, that's that's pretty good. A huge, that's a huge like, hit. Yep. This is a huge hit for an R-rated movie. Yep. This doesn't happen anymore either. Just an R-rated movie about a guy. Yep. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'd mean, like to make $150 million. It, it's another one of those that's like actually really small. Like very small. The, it's a it's a small movie. Like it's yep. it's a lot of running. It's an incredible, tight, small cast about one mm-hmm. dude and his wife. Um yep. yeah. and the mob. And the mob, but which barely comes into it, barely comes into it. Yeah, right. Like I know you see those mob guys at the very end. The the I love those mob the guys. The conflict of this movie is like photocopying and fax machines. You know what I mean? Like lots, yeah, lots of xeroxing. <laughs> I mean, th- this movie has more xeroxing probably than Holly Hunter. <laughs> totally. Status bars, like one of my favorite movie tropes of just like something loading to a disc, like. Just no, like, like sure big keyboards with clacky yeah. keys. Yeah. This is Chad's keyboard. Oh, man. I love it. 100% if you're listening, Chad, because <laughs> I had, he had that keyboard with the super clacky keys in our dorm room. Yeah. So loud. Oh, another thing, file folders and those file folder yep. boxes that you took in the subway. Mm. Lots yep. of file folder boxes. Oh, yeah. I had a lot of like flashbacks to my paralegal days um, for sure on this. Um, director... <laughs> Sidney Pollack also did right. Tootsie, which we've done. Yep. And Dave Grusin and also did And is in Tootsie, that. right? I think he's he's yes. an actor in Tootsie also. Yep, totally. Yep. He does not make an appearance yep. in this. Um, no. Written by John Grisham, like we said. The novel mm-hmm. the screenplay was David Robb, Robert Town, and David Raphael. Yeah, I wonder if these are like 90s guys. I should look them up. Yeah. So You know, sometimes you look at the writers and they're just like writing everything. Sure. Like the team that did uh, City Partner to City Slickers. Oh, right. Right. Remember like, that? They like wrote like a billion things. Just cranking them out. So maybe this was that. <laughs> so I actually, I listened to John Grisham on this as well. And they asked him, like, did you ever think about writing the screenplay? Yeah. And he said, in a novel, I get 100%, you know, like say in yep. the final edit. Mm-hmm. And yep. he was like, in a screenplay, it goes through like 15 different people 20 different people plus and he's yeah. like nah <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's so, it sounds kind of like a miserable thing to write a screenplay does it especially if you've written the book and it's important to you yeah um now we can get to the differences between the book and the movie and i th- the, and the ways that it i think was improved but probably that's difficult for a writer to do sure so you think the movie's better than the book a hot take. Whoa. I think the movie's better than the book. Whoa. And I love the book. I think the, en- the I think the ending is better. Really? Yeah, we'll get to it in okay. my evidence. Okay, I'm okay. Yeah. You've got you've got me stoked, dude, because like I disagree <laughs> on that. The thing that I love okay, about the movie is I wish when I picked up this book that music was playing.
know, like <laughs> somehow like because Dave Grusin, oh, yeah. dude, he like I I love all of his themes. They really guide you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like just with a few oh, notes. Yeah. I mean, like, you've, I, yeah. I forgot that he'd written the Goonies. Yeah. That, that, that score is so good. And Tootsie, yes. when he's walking down, there, there's <laughs> yeah. this pull-out shot. Yeah. When, when Dustin, <laughs> you see the crowd, you know, that typical, like, stock footage it looks like. Yeah. Like the crowd walking down New York, yeah, a yeah. New York sidewalk. Yep. And then you see, for the first time... I've got chills. Dustin Hoffman as uh, now I can't remember his name. His name in it. It's it's a play on his other name, right? You see him dressed up as her for the first time, Mm -hmm. and Dave Bruce's score is so good there. And it's such an iconic and echoonic or whatever it is when it's audio. Scene. Oh, right. He's so good, and he's so good in this movie. Yeah. The score rules. Yep, I totally agree. And I think it's awesome that they went with it. You know, yep, like, because it was such a big deal. Like, how, yep. how did they pitch that? Like, just trust me on this, just piano, like, just solo piano is going to work for a mm-hmm. huge blockbuster. Hugely interesting. And the note John Grissom gave was, give me one woodblock one time, please. There's yeah, yeah I have this. My kid's been practicing beat. piano and has a doctor beat. Can you, like, throw that in there? His one note. I do wonder, though, if he was practicing with a doctor beat at one time and he was like, this would be cool. Yeah. Yep. That's, that, that would be a great story. We'll have to ask him. Okay. He's, is he still alive, do you think, Dave Grissom? He is. I, I listened to a podcast with him yesterday. All about okay, his career. Great. I mean, I didn't realize what a career he had had. Like he, he seemed like a one of those prolific guys, right? Yep. That is doing a lot of scores. All the way back to the graduate. Um yeah. Yeah. Another great score. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I will say that the what he's known for, you know, the known for mm-hmm. on IMDB, the firm is the first. Really? Okay. Yeah. I mean Academy it, Award. A very iconic. Nominated. Score. I love it. Mm, so good. For sure. Um, okay. I'm going to read the back of the VHS. Okay. Let me pull it up here. Uh, too many tabs. <laughs> Ever feel that way in your life? So too many, many tabs. tabs. Dude. Oh, man. Okay. I had, because I just got my new phone, you know? Yeah. And uh, I had, do you want to know how many tabs I had open in Safari on my phone? See, that's really hard because you don't see them. You're totally you know right. I mean? And they come you don't up see automatically. The like you load an email. Yep. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to guess 100. 400. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> <laughs> That also means you haven't like powered down your phone in a long time. No. Right? If you, no, no, no. Like it was when it was like. Or does you, it come back up when it comes back after up? you power up your phone? Yeah, I, I didn't even the, know. I mean, th- that that's fine because you never you you don't know. Now, if you had four hundred tabs up on your Safari browser on your computer, then I would be like, "We need help." Because <laughs> yeah, totally. yeah it's, <laughs> so this is above anything I can do. It's automatic and you can't see it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yes, four hundred is pretty impressive. Yeah, I mean that's three years, three years of a phone, right? <laughs> wow. So you know what I did, dude, is because uh, it does come up automatically when it restores from your to your new phone. 
I closed yeah. them all and it felt incredible. And did you X out every single one 400 nope. times? You can press and hold and then it comes up. Start finding files or folders. <laughs> um, and uh, and so all I had left was just Wordle. Felt so wow. great. Just a blank screen and that, just Wordle. Yep, it's that mm. bulk pickup, right? The trash yeah. bulk pickup that I, I love, love so much. So good. Um, okay, back of the box. Hey, can, uh, can you put some... Uh, Dave Grusin music sure. in behind oh, yeah. me as I'm totally. reading this later. Yes. <laughs> okay. It says on the top, a real thriller exclamation point. Great cast, great story, great suspense exclamation point. <laughs> cool. That was Joel Siegel from Good Morning America. Cool. All right. Um, there's some great pictures on the back of this box too, dude. Okay. Mostly of uh, Tom Cruise glowering. Okay. Like, like this. Um, Tom Cruise delivers the most electrifying performance of his career. Wow. In this riveting film based on the international bestseller. Cruise plays Mitch McDeer, the best character name in all of. I mean, I totally. Is, that the, is it the best character name? Perfect character. I name. totally agree. He, John Grisham has got character names down. So <laughs> good. I mean, it. like Lamar Quinn. William DeVasher, mm-hmm. Oliver Lambert, Avery Tolar, Mitchell McDeer. Avery Tolar. What a great... Lomax? Who is Lomax? Yeah, Eddie Lomax. There, isn't there some... Gary Busey? Eddie, Lo- Eddie Lomax. Yeah. That's good. It's so good. Um, Cruz plays Mitch McDeer, a brilliant and ambitious Harvard law grad. Driven by a fierce desire to bury his working class past, Mitch joins a small, prosperous Memphis firm that affords Mitch and his wife, Jean Triplehorn, an affluent lifestyle beyond their wildest dreams. Hmm. Oh shoot! I need to. I need to expand. <laughs> this is, it's such a long one. I have to expand my uh, browser window. Okay. But when FBI agents confront him with evidence of corruption and murder within the firm, Mitch sets out to find the truth in a deadly crossfire between the FBI, the mob, and a force that will stop at nothing to protect its interests: the firm. Directed by Oscar winner Sidney Pollack. And starring Oscar winner Gene Hackman, plus a magnificent supporting cast, that's yeah. for sure, the firm makes its case as the must-see. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> sorry. No. I tripped over the pun. <laughs> the firm makes its case as the must-see movie of the year. <laughs> that pun was so surprising to me, I, I stumbled over it. <laughs> um, good news, nation. It's in color. Two hours, 38 <laughs> Gee, oh, yeah, yeah, okay. That's a freaking long Stricken, movie. Okay, we just need to strike that real quick. I had that at the top here, dude. It's it's pretty long. Especially if you have like 12 hours to watch it before you have to record a <laughs> totally. podcast about it. I was like, no. <laughs> I like, like, yeah, I so I got to the point where um he was telling Abby, you know, like mm-hmm. he cranks up the music to tell her, like. And I looked. We did the same thing, dude. You did? Okay. I did the same thing. I was like, okay, we're we're nearing the end. Yes. Oh. There was no. an hour and twenty seven minutes left after that, dude. <laughs> this was last night. I was getting ready for bed, and I was like, oh, it's probably just twenty minutes left. I can watch it in the morning. It's like there's an hour <laughs> and a half left. Totally. <laughs> wow. Yeah. There are some movies where it's just they're just there's just like an hour and a half left for two hours. <laughs> Yeah. the movie for some reason right um now I, I for some reason i love it you know my we yeah. need to do at some point this year a movie that's not over two and a half hours i think we're we've done a lot of long movies yeah um 
rated R, like I said. Uh, I mean, I can't, I can't wait. I can't wait to talk about it. Let's go into the trial. All right, dude. Can I read this descript? Oh, yeah. Read the back of the book. Okay. USA Today says, L.A. Law meets the Godfather. The next book you'll okay. see everybody reading, The Way We All Carted Around Presumed Innocent. Okay. Okay. So, at the top of his class at Harvard Law, he had his choice of the best in America. He made a deadly mistake. When Mitch McDeer signed on with Bendini Lambert and Locke of Memphis, also an incredible... Great name. <laughs> so good. <laughs> I love it. Of Memphis. He thought he and his beautiful wife, Abby, were on their way. The firm leased him a BMW, so that changed. It was a Mercedes in the movie. Yep. Yep, oh. a change. I wonder why. Maybe they... Hmm. Uh, Rights, like, yeah. But but just, just listen. Product placement thing? Yeah. Maybe... Maybe Mercedes was like, we want to be in the firm. Yeah. Huh. And they paid money to do it. I, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. That Mercedes is sweet, too. Okay. I can't wait to get, okay. to, Let's get um, to the trial. Okay. Quick. So imagine this, though. You sign up for a job, right? They lease you a BMW. They pay off your school loans, arrange a mortgage, and hired him a decorator. That'd be pretty awesome. Okay. Ooh. Myth- that's on the back of the book? Yeah. <laughs> That detail. Yeah, isn't it? And hired him a decorator. Yeah, that is kind of weird. What about a personal chef? I want that on the back of the book. Yeah, for real. Mitch McDeer should have remembered what his brother Ray, doing 15 years Mm -hmm. in a Tennessee jail, already knew. You never get nothing for nothing. Now the Mm -hmm. FBI has the lowdown on Mitch's firm and needs his help. Mitch is caught between a rock and a hard place with no choice if he wants to live. Hmm. So good. So good. Okay. Let's listen to the trailer. All right. And then let's put this thing on trial. Sweet. I will maintain the confidence and preserve inviolate the secrets of my client. I will maintain the confidence and preserve inviolate the secrets of my client. Mitch, the letter you got from Bendini Lambert and Locke was the only one sent out. We want you. You have uh, an offer in mind? It includes a bonus schedule. And we'd lease you a new Mercedes. Plus a low-interest mortgage. As in home? With grass around? And a two-car garage. These are nice people, Abby. Okay, I'm more impressed with it than you are. You grew up with it. Did you ever think I'd make a six-figure salary? Absolutely. Since we deal primarily in tax and securities, our clients are very wealthy. We keep each other's secrets. I don't want anyone with family money. I'm not sure I follow. They want you lean and hungry. If all your money comes from one source, then you tend to be very loyal to that source. Marty Kaczynski and Joe Hodges were killed. There was some kind of explosion on the boat. Kay was scared. Did you know the men who died? Yes. You must be overwhelmed with grief. People grieve in different ways, Miss McDear. You think I'm talking about breaking the law? No, I'm just trying to figure out how far you want it bent. As far as you can without breaking it. That room looks like a health hazard. That's four dead lawyers. None of them over the age of 45. Where are you guys? The FBI wouldn't come after you if they didn't think they'd get to you. Now, what do you think made them think that? I have no idea. Well, they might know how important your young wife is to you. Anything's possible. I'll tell you one thing. If those guys at the stake joint were feds, you better watch out for them. We might be misreading McDear. You've got nothing to be suspicious about. I get paid to be suspicious when I got nothing to be suspicious about. 
Why are you asking questions about dead lawyers? What dead lawyers? I know you'll do your best to protect the firm. Won't you, Mitch? We have faith that you're going to be with us for a long, long time, Mitch. Fact is, nobody has ever left us. Nobody. All rise. Hey, this is Wilford Brimley. Gotta go get yourself some Quaker oats. Oh, jeez. And get your red book. What does she find in her sharper image catalog? Heartbreak Mitch. How's <laughs> it going? No mention of his diabetes in this movie. He says nothing about his diabetes. Never says anything. What totally. if he had? What if yeah. he had just like a little wink? Mm-hmm. Talks mm-hmm. about his diabetes. Here's your Abby, one day walking to the mailbox, anticipating the arrival of her red book, her sharper image catalog. What does she find instead? Diabetes, Mitch. The death of love and trust. Those gl- his glasses were his glasses weird. Yeah, those are weird glasses. Like that that was a that was definitely a costume choice to make him look. A little shady, right? A little meaner. Yeah. It, what were they like? Sinister. Speaking of shady, were they shades? Like, were, oh. were the lenses a little dark? Like progressive or something? No, that's that's um, <laughs> progressive no, that's lenses. Like bifocals. What's the the kind that like when you go outside uh, yeah. mm-hmm. they turn into sunglasses and you go in? Uh, uh, it seemed to me like he had a pair of those on throughout yeah, yeah, the yeah. movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Okay. There's a lot to talk about. Let's look. go over the rules. Okay. Because we, like Mitch McDear, we love our rules. We are, we love the, the law. So please, don't tell me what I know and don't know I know the law. He, lo- he freaking loves the law, yep. this guy. Okay. So we pick a movie we love. We've already said we love the firm. Yep. We talk through it. And we act as its defense counsel. It's lawyers, if you will. Not its, mm-hmm. well, it's attorneys, yeah. Yeah. Um, and present evidence. Usually we get two exhibits apiece. I don't know the firm, how many we'll have. Um, yep. But we attempt to use those to prove to each other and to you, the listener, that this movie is not only good, but is perfect. Um, now, I'll just also show my hand here. I'm not sure this movie is perfect. I, I'm going to need a little bit of help here, but sure. I just love it so much that it feels perfect in my heart. Anyways, we'll see how the trial goes. And then when we're done, you... The listeners act as judge, jury, and possibly executioner because I get a vote, Anthony gets a vote, and if 75% of y'all vote, yes, that's a yay from you, and it's perfect. Exhibits make this noise when we get to them, and if it is perfect, we here's what I was thinking, actually. Okay. I think Jabba the Hutt would actually like the videos of this, the VHSs of this. Mm. No flash drive for him. His hands are too big for okay. that. So I imagine like, oh, what's that little guy's name? That's the son's tail, like rolling in one of oh, those yeah. like classroom TVs with the VHS and yeah. showing him each of these movies. Yep. During the most Eisley part, right? Mm-hmm. That makes him miss episode four, and he's finally done watching the movies. Right at the end, or at the beginning, I should say, of episode six. He converts, mm-hmm. but it's too late because Princess Leia strangles him with that chain. Right. He's like, no, no, the firm was so good. I'm good now. Too late. I'm good. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not part of that firm. 
Like <laughs> overbilling is right. like something I would like to repent of. <laughs> I th- I think he would really like this movie because there is quite a bit of shadiness and back dealing, right? Backroom Definitely. dealings and mm-hmm. Job of the Hut would be really into that. And then he would realize it doesn't pay. Yep. And he'd become good. If, totally. if of course, we decide this is a perfect movie and send him the VHS. And we again need to discuss or just remind people what perfect is. Perfect isn't like Citizen Perfect Kane. is not flawless. Right. Yes. Or, you know, whatever you're whatever you think the perfect movie is. Is it perfectly rewatchable? Is it per, like is does it, it the perfect movie to fall it, asleep is, to? It's going out to do, right? Mm. Is it trying to, it does it accomplish what it sets out to do? Mm-hmm. What about that? Hmm. I love it. So it doesn't work to say, oh no, it's not perfect because that cotton truck. You remember that cotton truck yeah. that's parked outside the bank that yeah. he can jump into? <laughs> okay, that so, would never happen, yeah. so it's not perfect. Well, no, okay, no, there, that's, that's not what a, we're talking about. Great little Chekhov's gun right there. Earlier in yep. the movie, you see mm-hmm, him walk I past. It. Right, those mm-hmm. two. Come on, every single day we've got one of trucks out here blocking this alley. <laughs> and he happens to hear that. I love it. There, there is so much setup, 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 setup. Little things like, well, I can't. You can't. Um, another Chekhov's gun. You can't fly and scuba dive within 24 hours. That's set up yes. in hour, like minute 15. It doesn't yep. come back until two hours and 20 minutes. And Perfect. Th- there's a lot of great stuff. And and I think it's like, that's because the book is intricate in those ways. And yeah. so they have a lot of the material pre-written, yep. but I, I really love kind of the setup setup and how they pay off in the end. It's good. Mm. I mean, honestly, I, I could go and watch it right now again, dude. I could too. Hmm. That's crazy. What, I could so, watch it again. So we need to talk about in the trial, like, you know what? I'm just gonna I'm just gonna chunk in on this real quick. Here this we one goes. won't take long, okay? Great. Okay, this movie my first piece of evidence is, and I know I'm stealing the name of another podcast. I promise we said you can go back ten years and we were saying this. Oh, yeah. We should have okay. named a podcast this, Yep. if it's the word I think you're going to say, Yep. a decade ago when we yep. said it over and over again. You can, you, somebody can find it. But it's the rewatchability of this movie. Yeah. It's so... Yep. It, it's it's just like, I don't know what... So that that's what I want to ask you about. Like, what is it mm-hmm. that makes it so rewatchable? Yeah. There... I so when we were looking at that list of '90s movies, mm-hmm. I think one reason that just has to be said is that there is kind of like the nostalgia piece for us. Like okay. the time, this is such a '93 movie. Yes, the way everybody looks. Yep. Right. The fashion. Why is Tom Hanks dressed in these massive overcoats? Yep. Huge you know? overcoats. Why wide. make him look smaller than he is? Yeah. Like wide ties, baggy stuff. Like, mm-hmm. like, um, I mean, I love the scene right at the open, like, like where they're touring Harvard, right? Yeah. And um all the clothes look just like us. Right. From the 90s, like Columbia jackets. The mm-hmm. kind of jean, the kind of sneaker, the kind of like, um, 
like the relaxed vibe of like a silk shirt, you know, like or like a button down <laughs> yes, that you tuck in, right? Yes. Like everything about it reminds me of high school. So there's there really is that has a big impact on me in this mm-hmm. movie. And so yeah. the, I can rewatch it over and over again because I love looking at everything like yeah. Just the way that Jean Triplehorn does her hair. Yeah. Yeah. Like that super tight um ponytail she has when she goes to seduce yep. Gene Hackman oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. is like Nobody would wear their hair like that now, yeah. but Gene Hackman was like, hubba, hubba. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so stinking perfect. Um, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, Gene Hackman was, he, like, so he, so he, for me, when I saw him in this, to me was like Lex Luthor. That was yep. the way yeah. I, like, as a, you know, high schooler when I saw this, um, was like, that's, right. like, who else would he have been to you? Uh, Hoosiers. Oh, yeah, Hoosiers. I remember him from Hoosiers. Yep. Um, but definitely, I mean, 100% Lex Luthor. Lex like, Luthor. He has Mr. Luthor. Hair. Mr. Luthor. He yeah. has hair in Oh, this. yeah. The dad from Rudy. Mr. Luthor. <laughs> right? <laughs> That's the dad from Rudy. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> Not Gene Hackman, but right. his crone. Uh, his, uh, I can't remember yeah. his name in Superman, but who says Mr. Luthor. Like Squiggy um, or something like that. I asked Jessica this morning because I was watching it. And she's, she knows exactly, I mean, when you hear this movie from across the house, you know what this movie is, right? Because it's yes. the piano sound. Yep. Um, I was, she came in and watched a little bit with me. Um, and I was like, it was the seduction scene again. Mm-hmm. And I was like, is Gene Hackman good looking? I can't tell. There are some mm. guys where I'm like, okay, I get it. Tom Hanks, I can see that, right? Tom but Hanks or Tom Gene, Cruise? Well, I, I accidentally said Tom Hanks, but he is good looking. I can tell. Is Tom, Tom Hanks, Hanks. Tom Cruise, looking? I meant. I think so. Especially, okay. I mean, oh, we've been watching he's... a lot of Money Pit. <laughs> he's really good looking in that movie. Oh, yeah. And but we were... he's not yeah. good looking like Tom Cruise is. So I wouldn't have right. used him an example as sure. an example if I had misspoke. But what I'm talking about, like Tom Cruise, you can tell, right? Okay, got it. Yep. Gene Hackman, sometimes I look at him and I think, hmm, okay. Uh-huh. I just couldn't tell. Like, yeah. would he actually think he could get away with seducing right <laughs> ponytail herself jean, jean Triplehorn, Triplehorn, right <laughs> that's a super good like i wonder if it's one of those things this is so not our life mm. but like what is it like when you've spent 20 years seducing people you know like that's you're, true. you're a powerful dude that has been a playa super rich so, yep. i mean he's got this his own place in the caymans <laughs> Right. Yep. Um, and she, I mean, I, I asked Jessica that because I was like, how would, how can he think that he's getting away with this? He's just right. an old dude. Mm-hmm. But you're probably right. There's probably a power element There's or a, a money yeah. element to it or just an experience element to it also. Like the, the game, gaminess of it, gamingness. Um, right. Yeah. Okay. So he was. I'm just looking this up because now that now that we're, you know, creeping up into the mid 40s. Yeah. So he was 52. Okay. I mean, if uh, you were if you were about to say he was my age in this movie, I would have yeah. been really upset. For sure. Because <laughs> he looks old. He doesn't look like decrepit old, but he he oh, looks no, like an he's playing an older guy. Yep. Right. For sure. Yeah. 
Yeah, he's mm-hmm. he's the mentor. This didn't come up in our mentor mentee movie. Um, no, when when we were talking, um, what mentor mentee? Karate Kid. Movie? Yeah, Karate Kid. Yeah. Okay, now check this out. Ed Harris. Uh-huh. He was forty-two. Wow. Okay. So he's younger than us in this movie. How old was Holly Hunter? Ah, uh, okay. Can you look that up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, Holly Hunter. Also the voice of Incredibles, right? I don't even remember sometimes what Mrs. Incredibles' name is because I just call her Holly Hunter. She has such like a distinct yes. voice. Mm. So and, perfect. I mean, she's so good. And she is so good in this movie. I can't believe this fact that she's only in it for five minutes because she yeah. packs a punch. She, Yeah, okay, so she was born in 58. Okay. So she would have been 34. Okay. Yep. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, My one of my favorite lines in the movie is when she sees Ray for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um. David Strathern, right? Is this our yep. this is our second David Strathern? Oh yeah, he's in movie uh, we've done Sneakers? No. Our Sorry. third. He's in Sneakers and he's in uh partner to League of Their Own. He's the baseball commissioner. Or You're whatever. totally right. Born he's a, he was in solidly nineties actor. <laughs> totally. Um Love him. when she says You're taller than I thought you'd be, feels like a dig at Tom Cruise to me. Ah, a little Tom Cruise joke yes. because of course he's taller than, than she would think he is because <laughs> right. she's been dealing with Tom Cruise this whole time. Totally right. It just made me laugh this time when she said it. Oh, that's funny. Uh, I did not even think about that. Yeah. Mm, I love huh. it. Um, okay. okay. I don't know. what. Uh, yeah. So Ed Harris, uh, I, I, all these actors also make it rewatchable for me. Okay. Yep. Because they're, the they're it's so it's so perfectly cast this movie like they're saying this kind of like what did they say on the back of the box like the a magnificent supporting cast it says that's true yeah everybody in this movie rules so I don't know who to attribute that if that's the casting director if that's Sidney Pollack mm-hmm. if that's the like the buzz that like uh, I can't remember what movie we did where they were like we got I think it was The Martian okay right oh, where yeah. Where they were like, we got every single first pick. You can tell what year that movie is made in by the supporting oh, cast. hundred percent. But yep. it's like it, when you hear Ridley Scott, Matt Damon, you're like, sign mm-hmm. me up. Like, I will cancel right. my plans. So I wonder if like <laughs> early 90s, Tom Cruise, Sidney Pollack, yep. huge yep. book, huge blockbuster. Like, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and you're right. Like. David Strathern, Holly Hunter, uh, you know, the, these, the, the, the cast is 93. Oh yeah. Gary so maybe Busey. this goes back to the, like how, how, oh, Gary Busey, who I don't even see on the back of the box uncredited. Wow. He's, he's the, um, Damon <laughs> from interstellar where he yeah. shows up and you're like, huh? Yeah. Just for like five minutes or like, yeah. And Gary Busey is like playing Gary Busey in this movie. So yeah, absolutely. Oh, I love it. I love his stuff. I love that whole scene. Can I can I chunk in? Here, because I you, actually have another reason why it's rewatchable for great. me. Great. Yeah, please. Okay. Okay. And this has to do with the first half an hour of the movie. Okay. I'm gonna put onto the exhibit table the Mercedes. 
Mm. <laughs> and this line that feels kind of throwaway, but the other, I don't remember what the other lawyer's name is, where they're like pitching his like new life to him. And they're like, and we'll lease you a Mercedes. And the guy says, and we'll let you pick the color. So Lamar Quinn. Okay. That's the character's name? Yeah, yeah. I was hoping so. So (laughs) Because that sounds like a Grissom name, not an actor's name. Totally. Terry Keeney is the actor. Okay. That that line is in the um, book. And I remember getting so jazzed by that for some reason when I was reading yeah, and there's this like, the the bulk of the movie I think is after he realizes the conspiracy stuff and the mob stuff, and he has to fix it. But there's something about the first half an hour that is so like wish fulfillment. Oh yeah, uh huh. For me, it was like this in the book too, and this is why I didn't like a time to kill because I was like, this is depressing. I needed something fun in it because this movie is kind of fun. Yes. Especially Mm -hmm. that first half an hour when he goes from like graduate student. Yep. Hasn't even passed the bar. Right. To getting that envelope kind of passed to him Mm -hmm. with the offer in it, which they actually give the number. I was surprised by that. I'd forgotten that they gave the number of his annual salary. $96,000 a year. I wanted to do the calculation. Oh, I can. Yeah. Maybe you can do that while I keep doing this, but there's the, the salary. We're going to give you a low mortgage rate on a house so you can buy a house. Um, and then we're going to lease you a Mercedes. It's a BMW in the book, like we said it. And then the guy yep. cuts in and says, and you get to pick the color. And we'll lease you a new Mercedes. You pick the color, Mitch. Lamar. You haven't been paying attention. His wife picks the color. And it fa- that this whole first half an hour feels to me like Harry Potter or something, where it's like you you get a visit in the middle of the night by somebody that says, you're special. Yes. All of they pay his debts off, his school debts oh, off, man. just kind yeah. of as an aside later on in that first half an hour. Yep. Um, it's furnished. The house is furnished when they get there. Total nineties. Like, oh my didn't gosh, that look that house? <laughs> like, like this is something. Oh, by the way, I looked it up. So ninety six thousand dollars in nineteen ninety three would be the equivalent of one hundred and ninety thousand dollars. Starting salary in Tennessee, which they, yeah. he also talks about. Like we're talking about ninety six thousand oh, dollars yeah. in Memphis, not in You're New right. York. He said that would be like one hundred and fifty in New York. Right. So that then would be, I mean, I'm not going to look that up, but yeah. So th- this is more than double. So that'd be like 300K in New York. Right. Th- there's just like, I don't, I don't, oh, let's talk about the decorations in the houses real quick. Oh, yeah, like yeah. They, they get there and there's like these grandma couches and grandma chairs. Total. Like everything's got a pattern on it. Yep. For sure. Like the, the, for some reason it looks super old. Yep. Yep, but it's brand Her, new, but it looks super old. Uh-huh. Was that Man, we should look up like 1990 like Pottery Barn. I I, you know I, mean, what I, mean? I guarantee that's the kind of stuff you would see in it. Like they do eventually redecorate themselves. Yep. Right? 
because that's also in kind of the, they get that fruit basket when they get to the house, which even yep. the fruit basket, I'm like, dang, that fruit <sighs> basket looks great. I know that wedge of brie sticking yeah. out. If, hopefully there's Triscuits in there. <laughs> and you and also the, the front door is open in that scene and you can see out to their car, to their old car. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, which yeah. I think is a Civic or something like a old red yeah. Mustang or something. Toy- I think um, it's a Toyota, if I remember. Okay. Yeah, kind of a beater, right. but it was would have been cool like ten years earlier, but it was kind of a beater right. now. Yeah, it's probably a Corolla or something. Yeah, with mm-hmm. like a small U-Haul hitch to the back. That car should not have a hitch on it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I love right. it when little cars are tugging like a U-Haul thing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And so you get like that. That's his old life, and then they're entering into this, like, fantasy world. Yep. And I don't know if I should or not, but I just love that first half an hour. Mm. When, I mean, maybe it's because I've never had a lot of money. I don't know what it is, but it's like to have everything, like, debts wiped. Now, of course, they're setting up that this doesn't solve anything, right? This is just getting him into the mess that he's in. Yeah, it's it's sort of like the way I was picturing is is sort of like a deal with the devil sort of thing. Yeah, like yep. you're gonna get all your dreams to come true, but you need it, you need to sign on this dotted line. But he doesn't know that, and maybe that's why I love it. It's because I get to live in that first half an hour. Yeah, with the idea that, of course, I've seen the movie twenty times, so I know it doesn't end up like this. But like, mm-hmm. what if? And I know this probably happens. You were just able to say, I did it. Sure. <laughs> like, I'm yeah. I'm in this super sweet office. I've got an awesome house. We're not, like, relying on every penny, and we're not right. living paycheck to paycheck. Our debts are paid off. We get a sweet Mercedes, which actually looks really cool when they walk out there. Yeah. <laughs> I guess for a 90s car, but yeah, I don't know. I just really love that. You've got cool 90s Levi's jeans. That cool black mm-hmm. leather jacket, a little rock star, Harvard dude, right? <laughs> like you can do flips. Yeah. He can do flips, dude. Totally. Um, yeah. That, okay. So I put down um, that this made me so nostalgic for our twenties. Yeah. Like I, I'm one hundred percent on board, dude, with you. Like I think. Yeah. That I, I wonder if a rewatchable movie needs to have 30 minutes at the top that just grab you. <laughs> yeah. Or, when I started the movie uh-huh. last night, I was yeah. like, I cannot wait. Mm-hmm. I cannot wait for that conversation where they tell him everything he got, which I yep. think is in the first three. It's before the title card that happens, I think. Yes. The. Uh, Okay, so I have fallen asleep to this movie probably 300 times at least. <laughs> Every day my 32nd year I watched yeah. The Firm and fell I mean, asleep. Maybe a thousand times. Like it's between this yeah. and Day After Tomorrow for the and Night They Saved for like my uh The now, Santa Claus, you would fall asleep to the Santa, Santa Claus. Claus a lot, you're remember. right. People yep. think I'm insane. Mm-hmm. Uh, and dude, I don't do it anymore. This, I, this one makes the most sense. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. Because, oh man, like, man, my dream was to like, like that dude, the the parking attendant, Mitchell McDear. Tad eager are we, Mister McDear? Love that line. Yes. Like, 
that my dream was to pull into the parking lot of a great symphony orchestra park and go in to rehearsal. Like that was the dream of my twenties and my thirties. Right. Right. And so like that, that like he, his hair's kind of wet. He's got a new press suit showing up at his first day of work. Like that's all also like wish fulfillment. That's in your twenties. You're just like full of drive and ambition and yeah. And which us in our forties now have, have, you know, we're starting to like do the opposite. Right. But like yep. it makes me so nostalgic for that. Um, and just like you said, the I, I think a it has so many perfect scenes. So yeah. like yep. the whole opening sequence of being wooed by all these lawyer law firms. Mm-hmm. And then the perfect moving scene. Like <laughs> Yes, it, that's it, true. It yep. is the perfect cross-country moving scene, dude. Fall leaves. Mm-hmm. They pull into this house prettier than the pictures. Yeah. They've got their dog. They're in their mm-hmm. mid to late 20s and hit the jackpot. Like, yeah. And, and also there's the- nothing that feels foreboding to me yet in, in this in this first 20 to 30. Like, yep. Sydney Pollock lets you sit in that and be now there is kind of like Abby, his wife, catches on to some things, right? Where they where the other, the other, the, the wife of the other lawyer says something like, "But you know, working isn't forbidden. Forbidden? Working by the firm, you know. How could it be forbidden? It isn't. <laughs> anyway, two babies in fourteen months, and I had all the work I can handle. Do you plan to start a family? Maybe in a couple of years. The firm encourages children. How do they do that exactly? They don't forbid working for the right." Yeah, yeah. That was that was the one that I think that catches her the most. Yeah. Where she's like, "Why would it be forbidden?" And the other uh-huh. lady's like, "No, it's not." Right. But <laughs> like, like that helps with what she just said. Yes. That is some great writing. Yep. No, I just said it's not forbidden. What's your problem? Uh huh. That you would mention it, of course. This is weird. So she's kind of catching on to that. Um. But he's so excited about it, you're, and it's Tom Cruise, so it's not hard to get caught up in him, right? Like yep. you're caught up in his excitement. Uh-huh. This is going. This is the dream, and yep. that first. I don't. I just love sitting in that. Yep. As yeah. kind of its own thing. Totally. You're. You're. I think now. They would want to get to the action sooner, maybe. Or there would be like more foreboding music. There would no be. There would not be yeah. Dave Grusin just going nuts on the piano. <laughs> yeah, totally, <laughs> you know. Totally. Yep, I'm with you. And uh, the peppering in, and her seeing it. I, I also yeah. love. I think something else that makes it not rewatchable, but like, uh, this wouldn't be like. Actually, do do you mind if I? Are you still in this, or do you want mind if I chunk Let's in? Let's chunk on in. This? Go okay. ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Andy, what's up? Indy came to visit. All right. Another piece of evidence is I love the complicated relationship between Mitchell and Abby. Okay. So there is like, it's not a marriage that is just like vanilla. Like, oh, yeah. He brought his wife along. This is actually why I, what I thought you were going to say when he says, you pick the color, Mitch, and then he says, "Lamar, his oh, wife." Oh, that's picks, right. His wife picks yep. the color. Have we even paying attention? Right, like 
it's such like a man's man joke to yes. make about like another guy. You know what I mean? Like, yep. haven't you been listening? The wife's in charge. <laughs> oh. oh, I can't stand it. Oh, wait, that's how you, uh, the, uh, that's not how I read that. I, I, sorry. It, it's, just, it's, it just feels like a little bit of a, got it. Um, demasculating jokes yes. at Tom Cruise's, at Mitch McDear's expense. Got it. But also it just feels like such a, like, as if this would ever be true, that a woman would be in charge of anything beyond picking a color. Sure. And it, that just felt so true to me in a room of guys like that. Yes. Okay. 100% get it. I guess that's not the way that I read that. Like, I see what you're saying. I mm-hmm. read that as, like, he's got a strong partner, a strong wife. Okay, And, yeah. like. Because he's talked about her a lot in that interview. Yeah, because he led off with like, like tired of doing interviews. <laughs> he's like, I just don't know what yeah. to say, and I get tongue tied. Yeah, especially yeah. with my wife. Anytime she walks into a room, so like, mm-hmm. I love that the at the very beginning already their marriage is like complicated and super interesting. Yeah, I I agree. She um, has already given up a lot for him. Mm-hmm. And she, like, he comes home and he's like, I really like that scene when he comes home and hasn't opened the envelope yet. Yeah, yeah, me too. And you get to see their dynamic right away. Um, there's still kind of like this uh, given or something that she's just going to go with him wherever mm-hmm. he wants, right? Right. Um, and she even says at one point she put him through college. Like, mm-hmm. I haven't, like, like I, so... But then it gets a lot more complicated when, and this is the t- the turn starts happening with his job when she never sees him. She has to go to bed mm-hmm. before he even gets home. There, I don't know. And then the the fact that she helps him at the end, yes, so is so pretty I, incredible. There's this this interesting dynamic of like he super doesn't like her parents. Yeah. Um, so I think the in-law thing is very like they never go there. They never meet them. But it's like that's really cool world building. Um, yeah, I agree. Like, actually, I've wondered what this one line was up until today. I've never been able to understand it. He was like, we're only three, three hours away from your folks. Uh-huh. Um, and then I heard the line a thousand times and I've never understood it. He, she says, you mean if we fight and I have to drive there? Like, yeah. I, I never understood that it is. You mean if I fight? I, I thought she said, "You mean if we fly or fight to drive?" Your folks, your folks are only a few hours away too. You mean if we fly, I don't have far to drive. Exactly. I I thought that I was confused by that line today. Was that hard? To now you now it's making sense to me. So you mean if we fight, it's just a short drive? She says. Yes. I I thought she was saying flight or something. That's what I've always thought. Okay. And I turned on the closed caption. So wow. you mean if we fight? And I have to drive. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, that makes sense. I thought that was... It so makes I, more sense than the, the other way, that's for sure. I've always wondered that. Um, so yeah. I, I, I guess I love the complicatedness. And then, like, the line when they're in the limo. Like, she clearly mm-hmm. comes from money, and he clearly doesn't. I really like that, too. And that that's kind of always a source of tension between them also. Mm-hmm. And she, like, doesn't care. Right. And he's like, I've always wanted to do this for you. Like, and she's like, you don't yeah. even know 
no, like you didn't have to do this for me. Just bring me flowers. You know, like I actually just want to hang out with you. Yeah. So there is, I mean, there's a, Grisham does this a lot in his novels and it's a lot about money. Mm. He, I don't know if he's from money, but obviously he's butt rich right now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. he he actually is pretty good at writing two characters, one who is rich and one isn't, mm-hmm. and how money means nothing to the rich person and everything to the person that's not. And mm. so there's a lot of, and I've experienced this in in my life, right? Like, I know you don't care about money. But that's because you have it, hmm. right? I care about money because I think about it all the time because I don't. I've had this conversation with people before. Wow. Like, it's easy for you to say, I don't care about that. That's because you have money. I have to. And so I kind of, I, I really, I, I did notice that between um, Mitch and Abby in this viewing hmm. where she's like, doesn't care about money because she never has had to. And he's yes. saying, no, I have this in me where I've never had it before, and that's why the drive is there. Wow. And there's yeah. a really cool tension that's happening there. It's pretty well written. Yes. That's the that's the Rocky. I need to prove that I'm not a bum. Like, yep. I need yep. to make it. And I almost think maybe the drive is more to make it and to be not – to be somebody. He's coming out of a complicated childhood. They mention that several times, right? Uh-huh. Um, they, he has this exchange with his brother who's in jail, which is also some sort of indication, right? Mm-hmm. But that his mom, he asked like, is, is, is mom with the same guy? And then the other brother says, they're all the same guy. Mm. Like great line. There's, he's trying to get out of something. Yeah. And that really works as a motivation to keep him driving forward, even though there's some weird things going on. Mm-hmm. And Abby in particular is noticing things and he just doesn't hear them because yep. he's caught up in the drive. Yes. So well written, dude. Yep. So that that would be the I re- same. I mean, I really, another reason why it's rewatchable. If it wasn't well written, it wouldn't, you couldn't watch it again and again and get stuff every yeah. time. So is like, is there just some, this might be a really dumb question, but is there just something better about a movie based on a book than just a movie? You know, like the the source material. Sure. Yeah, I don't know. Going in, so like in Harry Potter, for instance, there's way more source material than, and the characters are so much more fleshed out and deep. You know, even like yep. than uh, you can possibly fit in two hours and thirty eight minutes or whatever. Right. You know, like. Well, and I, I do think it depends on who's adapting it. Sure. And maybe more than that, like whether the primary concern is to jam everything from the book into the movie and make a carbon copy. Yeah. Or if there's, I actually think better, and I guess I can chunk in right yes. now. Okay. I think movies that are better than the books are ones where the writers have been, have been given leeway to write a movie instead of a book. Okay. So this so, is Harry Potter 1 versus Harry Potter yes, 2, 3, five. 4, 5. Yes. So I would say Harry Potter 1 and 2 are my least favorite because they're obsessed with cramming it all in. Sure. And making it like beat by beat the book. So I, mm-hmm. I, like, I like those movies fine, but they feel a little bit stale to me mm. because it's 
because it's okay for me to like the book better and for the movie to be different. Harry Potter 5 is the longest book, my least favorite book, and it's my favorite movie. Huh. Because they give the writer the, the for some reason, J.K. Rowling at that point was like, make it make sense as a movie. Just make it great. And so movie. the through lines of the movie are different and just cuts out a ton of crap in the book that doesn't matter. Uh-huh. And I was just like, this is what I like. The same thing happened with Series of Unfortunate Events, the movie. Okay. Which is with Jim Carrey. Mm-hmm. The, the, it's very different than the book and amazing. The firm ends a lot different than the book does. Yes. Okay. So the remind me. So it's been a while. I would like yeah. if, if we didn't have 24 hours notice, I actually was going to read the book again because I'm really excited. <laughs> that would have been amazing. Like, I'm actually thinking about it. Yeah. Okay. So do you want to. Do you want to in the next two weeks read this and talk about it? We on, should on the um on the results. Like I will, I okay. will do it. Okay, um, I, I it and it's not it's not a difficult read. You know what I mean? It's exactly. Yeah, a, yeah. Called a page a beach read a page turner for a reason, right? Yeah. Like it's so engaging, but at the end of the book, um, they there's not all this like um overbilling of hours. Uh huh. Um, it's just like they they end up giving the FBI what they want, and then they run away. Mitch, that's basically how the book ends. Mitch hid in a beach chair under a folded umbrella near the entrance to the pier. He could not see her, but had a good view of the ocean. Like, didn't if I remember, they go off into the into the into the Caymans, I think, yeah. and they just are millionaires. It's it's the ending because of uh, Shawshank Redemption, sort of, right? Like they're in Sewantaneo yep. forever, right? Except for they are millionaires because they strike a deal with the FBI, and right. the FBI actually gives it to them, and they get away with it. Okay, and it, so yeah, isn't there something about a boat, and like they send all the photocopies out on a boat or something yeah know. yeah i think I, th- that's there because there is the stuff about that boat owner whose son died yeah with, when those other two guys got murdered that guy's mm-hmm. in the book mm-hmm. and has a bigger part in the book but the reason okay so the reason why so the the book ends and mitch and abby and ray are like millionaires living on an island mm-hmm. and it's pretty it's a pretty straightforward ending not a lot of twists and turns in the movie, they figure out how to, I think, keep Mitch McDear's character true to who he is at the beginning the whole way, mm, which okay. is he's a s- super smart lawyer, smarter than, what's the name of the... the Bandini, um, Lambert, and Locke. Firm. Yeah, f- smarter than they actually counted on. And he uses his brain to get out of it and then just become a lawyer again. That's mm. the end of the movie. He's like, yes. I'm going to go start my own firm in Boston. And the money doesn't matter as much. He actually gives all that to Ray, I think, mm. in the movie. What matters is that I can still be true to myself and be a lawyer and be somebody who's really smart hmm. and yeah. be with my wife. Yes. I don't think in the book there's also there's the beach sexy times either. Yeah, that that seems like a movie cuz that like yeah. that that was a really good way to like hamstring him into loyalty to the firm. 
I agree. I do not think that's a gratuitous sex scene, actually. I think it right. really fits in the plot yep. of that of that movie. Yes. Um, and it was a another great move because it really works on screen. <laughs> because you remember he is now tied to this firm because they have this thing they set up and he had an affair with his wife. Yep. And he'll never be able to leave. It's really set up as there's no way out. Yep. With that addition. Yeah. So sometimes I think about like the mechanics of all that, not the gratuit yeah. gratuitousness, but it's like, mm-hmm. how did they do that? You know what I mean? Like, how did they? Right. Because they, they clearly had a, a woman at the bar. Right. Like th- yep. This is I sort of like that. the movie yeah. thing, but it's like, uh-huh. how did they like set it up? Like, that, like, and were there three or four other people? around like down the beach if that girl didn't <laughs> right. work then there was more like oh i'm drowning you'd have to go save somebody oh yeah you know that's what? that's a good call so he said it was a setup yep at he the very tells, end gene hackman tells abby he was set up uh-huh. so that everything was set up not only somebody taking pictures of him but the girl and her like the guy she was arguing with all that was set up right it was like plan b yeah, that that and it worked. Yep, you're right. Seems that that could But it's it's a stretch. That's a little bit of a stretch. Like we knew he was going to walk that beach by himself. Yeah. Right there. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I thought of that too. Um but I mean, it actually works pretty well on the plot moving forward cuz they have those I mean, Diabetes has those pictures yep. in an envelope to give him. Diabetes. Heartbreak Mitch. She goes out to the mailbox one day. <laughs> what does she find? <laughs> Looking for her sharper image catalog. <laughs> uh, that's amazing. So yeah, I actually, I don't know if it's a hot take or not, but I do. I like the movie better than the book. Okay. Yeah. Do. Okay. So we we can get back to that a little bit in the results show because now that I've seen the movie so many times, so like. This may be like this physical book right here. This might be one yeah. of the first like forays for me into like reading novels. Right. Yeah. And because yeah. Aaron and I used to on our trips from Florida to Wisconsin, which we did uh-huh. 40 times or something like that. Right. Uh, yeah. We would, or 20, 20, 30, I don't know. Um, passing through Atlanta. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Driving right by Passion City Church. Hello. Um, we would be listening to John Grisham novels, like yeah. on on CD yeah. back in that day. Yeah. Do you remember who the reader is? He oh, has a reader, doesn't is it, he? Somebody that he loves. Is it Max Raphael or something like that? Okay, yeah, because I have definitely listened to Grisham novels. I listened to Runaway Jury, I think, on yep. audiobook. Um, I think I might have listened to Street Lawyer. Street Back lawyer. On when it was tapes. Yup. Tapes, dude. I would get tapes at the library and listen to them on my Walkman. Yep. Okay, so wow. Max Raphael, he was the narrator okay. of my favorite. He's one of my favorite voices of all time. Uh, Modern Marvels. We've got the scoop on this centuries-old dessert in all of its flavorful forms. From the cow to the cone. It's the untold story of ice cream on Modern Marvels. 
Okay. Yes. So I'm not sure. I know that, his voice. That he did the Grisham books. Oh, okay. Um, Got it. Yeah. So, John Grisham yeah. narrator. So I, I mean, it, it's. It, do you feel like that? That like who chose to do that? You or Aaron? In the car. Uh, like oh, here the the here's narrator was Michael Beck. Sorry about that. Okay. Um, that sounds familiar. Okay. That was. I'll, I'm gonna put that on Aaron 100. That was her idea, and yeah. I was probably like, "This is gonna okay. be stupid." And I was like, "Wait, this is incredible! Thank you, Aaron." Once again, every time she introduces me to something, I'm like, "You were right. That was incredible. You picked the color. You were right. <laughs> she picked the color." We yeah, we both we both have our Abby McDears. Sure, definitely. We have, we have great yeah. Abby McDears for sure. Yep. So I wonder what it'll be like when you reread. Mm-hmm. Because there are definitely Grisham books that I prefer to the movie adaption. Um, it, it's it's like Stephen King to me. So it's it, you just never know what you're gonna get, and there are just some incredible ones. Mm-hmm. I think King might even be more of a gamut here between like something like Misery or Shawshank, mm-hmm. and then you have like maximum overdrive where it's like evil trucks possessed trucks like trying to run over emilio estevez and it is the worst movie ever made (laughs) (laughs) it's like how is this the same guy (laughs) yeah um see stephen king always i you would hear his his name and i'd get scared when i was a kid right definitely so i dude Mm -hmm. i've actually never read a stephen king book okay i've never read one he's my favorite author but also some of his some of the movie adaptions are some of my favorite movies. So okay, so what should um, what should I read if I was going to read one Stephen King book? Okay, I actually think that his short stories are more accessible. So like if you read the short story that Shawshank Redemption is based on, mm-hmm. your mind would be blown. It's so good. Okay. The same with um, the body, which Stand by Me is based on. Uh-huh. It's just incredible. Great. Um, and those are great movies. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, his his short stories are, it's just, they're much more adaptable. Because if you get something like The Stand, that's 1,200 pages long. Yeah. You're not going to make a movie out of it. So that works. So, I mean, uh, I can, I'll send you some, I'll send you some options. Okay. And they're great to listen to also. He has a guy. Okay, good. Will they scare yeah. me too much? <laughs> I don't think those two will. It's just that he's he's so prolific that, you know, a quarter of his stuff isn't horror at all. Maybe that's maybe he gets like a oh only a so three quarters of his stuff is horror. Yeah, I'd say three quarters of his stuff is um in some way supernatural. Okay. And a quarter of his stuff, including the book I'm just finishing right now, his newest one, is just straight ahead like crime novel. Okay. Or like coming of age novels, he does a lot stuff like that. So maybe it's like The Shining that put put the the fear, or or, yeah. or, or I'm thinking of him as like I a mean saw he was he dude. is the master of horror, right? That was his okay, like yeah. name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but by the way, he tells a story in his autobiography, Stephen King does. That's very similar to why I love the first half of or the first half an hour of the firm. He tells a story of when he sold Carrie, um. And he was just, he and his wife were living in like a, 
a, just like a shack. No, like, like no phone. He had to go to the grocery store to get the call from his agent. Wow. And his agent told him, you need to take out a piece of paper and write the number I'm about to give you and make sure you write down every zero because you're not going to believe it. Dang. And it was like a $200,000 advance on the book. Hmm. With paperback rights, and he just became like a millionaire overnight. Dream. And he went back to his shack, and he had to tell his wife about it. <laughs> <laughs> and it was a very similar. It just reminded me of that, like this wish fulfillment. Like, what would that be like? Yeah. And the, the, again, I'll just go back to that's why. That's why this movie is rewatchable for me because it has that kind of treat in it. And then you get to the mob stuff and this stuff that he has to figure out yes it's a good oh, movie dude yes okay so i think another thing that makes it rewatchable mm-hmm. let, let's we need to get to two more things okay one the first one is running so do, <laughs> oh man do you want do you want can we because i i don't really need to chunk in i already have my my two pieces um i don't know if you had any more but I don't, but I'm going to chunk in on that because okay. I love the running. Not only okay. Tom Cruise running, but other people running in this movie. Oh, yeah. Dude, Abby, Abby, her first response. She runs. Dude, she's like, I am out of here. Like, I, I mean, I can't even imagine how, like, embarrassed and violated mm-hmm. they would have felt. Like, there's cameras in your house and Wilford Primley Diabetes. and those weird right. dudes. Like, we're listening to every word. We're watching every movement. I mean, she was like... Everything. Every single thing we've said or done since we've been in that house. Nothing has been between us. Can we just get in our own car and drive back to Boston tonight? We just leave everything. Find us. How do you go to work tomorrow? How do you look at Avery? What do you say to him? I talk about work. That's insane. Yeah, this is the scene that we were talking about that we thought was at the end of the movie, but was an hour and a half still left. Right. Where Mitch tells Abby basically almost everything that the firm is involved with the mob. There's cameras in the house. And then she runs out of the the front door and she's like outpacing him. She's running fast. Yeah, dude. She she is running so fast. That's a great little, um, one of my favorite little like... uh, things in there is you can see the shadow of the truck so oh really next oh, time man, i gotta rewatch it okay next time you watch that scene when he's like abby and he's running after yep. her you see <laughs> mm-hmm. him running and then you see like a total movie truck with the light behind it go uh-huh. right past like the shadow of it right past his face and the house behind him so great yeah i love that guy. i love that stuff that's that's right up my alley yeah um the other the other running part that I forgot about is that scene with the blonde guy. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Running on top of the bridge. I, this is yes. one of my top running scenes ever, I mm-hmm, think. Mm-hmm. And um Tom Cruise is not running. He's in that like what would you call that? That like little like a, a tram suspended train a, thing. Y- tram, yeah. Yeah. Under the bridge. And it's just a wide shot that holds for a long time. And you just see him running full out this blonde man yeah. with blue eyes. That is like so suspenseful because yeah. like he can't move. First of all, he doesn't know that that dude right. is right on top of him. Or does he? Mm-hmm. No, he doesn't. Yeah, he, he, I noticed this this time. The guy sees him and okay, yeah, yeah. Tom Cruise doesn't see the other guy, which yep. is a great 
kind of piece of tension. Yeah. yeah. So you know, as like a audience, he's going to get off this tram, and the dude's going to be waiting for him. So that's like, that's super suspenseful. Why can't I yep. say suspenseful? <laughs> Try again. Suspenseful. <laughs> he did it, folks. Um, <laughs> We're an hour and a half in. Sometimes you get tongue tied. Right. Yeah. I've been biting my lips a lot lately too. So like, like oh no, um, oh no. Yeah. So that's perfect. Um, yep. I forgot about the checkoff gun too that we didn't mention, which was when they're doing. You know, they they're in they're from the South Abbey. They're encumbering him with her with hospitality. They're yeah. doing all. The guy says we do all the installations for the firm. My husband's office number. Let's see, that's. Um... We have it, Miss McDear. We do all the installations for the firm. Yeah. Oh, I forgot about that too. That's, right. That's a great little like. Yeah, we're installing cameras so that people can watch your every move. And and listen to everything you say on the phone and in your living room. It's crazy. That was okay. Yep, that was the first time we heard Devasher, Wilford Brimley, uh, kind of like an inkling of like who this dude is. Was like she made two phone calls, phone calls from, from the, the hotel. hotel, one to her parents and one to the Memphis school board. She seemed uh, a little reluctant. I'd hate to lose this young man. Oh, I think she'll come around. Yep. That's true. That's pretty early. You're right. Little nod. Yeah. Yep. I ju I'm just so caught up in the other stuff that I'm like, oh, quiet, you. Right. I, I, I want to be more concerned about what couches they have in their living room. <laughs> but it's just enough. It's just I, enough. I agree. It's great. Um, yep. Is there yeah. any... I mean, Tom Cruise runs around after he jumps off jumps into that cotton truck mm -hmm. and he's got his briefcase i mean you got if you can run that fast you've got that big coat on that briefcase totally trench coat great job plus briefcase so sweaty mm -hmm. three-piece suit yep. yeah it, it's just it's perfect running i agree and um i remember they really played off of that in the the tv show i never saw the tv show i was gonna ask you did you ever watch it at so, all so I remember watching the pilot uh -huh. and being like super pumped about it okay. and like John Grisham was on board, but then yeah. never watched it past there. Okay. I, I just, I, the only reason I remembered it be, was because I looked it up on this app that I have to see if it was streaming anywhere. Oh yeah. And it said the firm, the movie, and then the firm, the TV show was right underneath. And I was like, oh yeah, I don't think I watched it at all. Yeah, I remember we watched the pilot, and we're kind of like, eh. It, it seemed a little bit maybe money grabbish, you know. Sure. Like, what just, was there running in it? Did you say? Yeah, I remember the whole the opening sequence because I think the premise of the show was they went into witness protection after the movie. Oh, it was a sequel show. Yes. Oh, that's interesting. So, oh, like they kind of like that. Yeah. So it wasn't like they redid the movie but but uh, i mean i guess i thought it was like a parenthood situation sure where yeah, 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 yeah. it's very different but it's like kind of supposed to be the same people yep, yep. retold yeah yeah no it was in modern times it was like they found them in witness protection okay. i think either the mafia or I the, like that. the firm or something like that okay hmm. maybe i will have to watch I, it i mean it sounds so, good that does sound like a cool concept uh i just I remember watching the the pilot and that was it. Okay. 
but there was a lot of um, running anyways, a lot of running perfect running in this movie yes. um and i mean i would i'm sure there's some youtube compilation somewhere of all the scenes of tom cruise running but if there's not somebody make it just tom cruise running <laughs> yep <laughs> okay so thing of beauty i have what let me let me okay you chunked in on running yeah because this is a courtroom not a court a, a lawyer case we'll we'll have three pieces of evidence each Okay, great. All right, my last piece of evidence for this movie, why I love it, what makes it so stinking rewatchable, copyright uh-huh. Gomer's 2008, um, <laughs> is just the amount of food in this movie. Oh, okay. I'm loving that you're going here. Okay. Yes. Like The, the, the first thing I noticed was that humongous rack of ribs at that oh. party. Totally. Okay, let's go back to the beginning. Let's go. I, I wrote them down as I watched it. Okay. Okay. Great. First thing in the first three minutes of I this, love this. that like you took notes, folks. <laughs> that like um, when he's like, Mr. McDear, we've just offered you sixty-eight thousand dollars a year from arguably the leading law firm in Chicago. Is there somewhere else you have to be? Yes, sir. I have a job. I'm just on lunch break. So then they shoot over to him with just this plate of cheeseburgers and fries and two beers. At this like bar, mm-hmm. like this, you know, college dive bar. Yeah. Dude, those burgers and like the thick cut steak cut fries. I know what you mean. That looks so good. Those beers. And then like just imagine dipping in that thick fry into some ketchup yep. out of a glass bottle. Like it's it's kind of like grad school yes. food. It's the rat's keller at the UW Madison. <laughs> Like you know mm-hmm. that burger is so greasy and juicy. You you found the dive bar close to campus that has the best burger. Yep. And you go there. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. I loved it. Okay, so perfect. What was next? Okay, next. He gets Chinese food mm-hmm. out of those four perfect containers. This is this is the announcement scene yep. that we were talking about with the with the envelope. Yep. yep. And like some nice wine too. I didn't know what the wine was, but like Chinese food and wine, that's good. Sounds right? great. Wish you pork, Szechuan beef, Mandarin duck from Long Voice. It's even got a cork. A slight stricken for that. The wine looks room temperature to me. You want oh. you want a you want a white wine to be a little cooler than that? Like you I that's a huge pet peeve of mine is in movies when you huh. see somebody drinking like a Coke. Or a beer out of a glass bottle and it's not sweating. Yep. It, it must be so gross for them to have to do that over and over again. Yep. Keep keep it cold. Keep it cold. So, Just drink warm pop. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay. Oh my gosh, my mouth is watering so bad. But that Chinese food, he just <laughs> scoops the crap out of it out of those plates. Yeah, it's a great. I, I noticed it. I mean, that's. I didn't have the wherewithal to take notes on everything, but I did notice all of these that you've said so far. Yeah. Okay. That's a pleasure great. stack of a night, though. You got the offer of a lifetime, hundred ninety grand. Your wife super. And you pumped. get Chinese food. Chinese food, wine. Mm-hmm. That's the best night of all time, basically. Okay. Yeah. They go, and perfect scene. Go and see meet meet the law firms. You know, you're gonna meet the associates and have lunch with the partners. Um, with yeah. the associates, they've got a tray of pastries and orange juice and fruit Be- uh-huh. beautiful then they go meet with the Loved. meet with the partners they didn't show any food there uh but then the wooing dinner on the rooftop barbecue right 
It's a rooftop party they're having in downtown Memphis. Yeah. And they take these ribs off. They look like must be from some animal from like the Star Wars universe. Totally. It's just like how it's full. Yeah. Rack of ribs. Yeah. That they're that they're taken off with tongs from the barbecue. Mm-hmm. Tennessee, bro, mm. ribs on the rooftop. It's almost too much to take. Yep. Looked so good. It is. It's. It's. And next time, watch how he eats it though. He like. <laughs> I, I did. did I did that? watch how he's. He's like. <laughs> <laughs> So weird, dude. Like eats a rib from the top. I will next time watch how he eats it because it was so funny to watch it this time. For sure. Um, and a big pile of cornbread cut in squares. Yeah. As well. Just yeah. looked. Those cubes of cornbread. Big cubes of cornbread. Oh, yeah. Oh my gosh. It's so good. Okay. Two more. Wow. And then we'll leave it. Okay. Um, two steak sandwiches on rolls. Two steak sandwiches on rolls. Mm-hmm. He yeah. goes to that diner. He's having that coffee. I'm just having coffee. At a diner late mm-hmm. at night. And Ed Harris, who we haven't even stinking talked about. He is so incredibly bald in this movie. Yep. How can you get as bald as he is at this? It's just, I don't think he is that bald. No. Because even in Truman Show, he has ha- little tufts of hair around that hat. Mm-hmm. They have shaved this guy so close. Yeah. Shiny. Was it almost like a a hairnet wig? You know, like a... I was trying to see if it was a headpiece. Th- that's what I mean. That's how bald he is. Yeah, like... <laughs> yeah. It was... And then humongous red glasses, like... Right? <laughs> yeah. I th- and kind of like veiny... Kind of like veiny neck behind his ears. Yep. And, he's, he's, and he's like so like grumpy mm-hmm. in this movie. It's the... It's... Perfect Ed Harris performance. Yep. I love it. So intense. No, 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 no. Pre-stepmom. Yep. Um, yep. Pre or post-abyss. I was trying to think of that. I think post, the abyss is earlier yeah. than this. Post-abyss. Yep. Pre, mm-hmm. what's what's his next big thing? Truman Show was in 95. Okay, yep. And Armageddon? Was um, he in Armageddon? No. Was he? He was in something oh, else. No, he huge. was in a partner to uh, 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 Apollo 13. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Gene Kranz, perfection. <laughs> he was absolutely per- completely different character. But wait, he doesn't actually eat the steak sandwich in that. They get it to you go never, and he just leaves. You never see you it. You never see it. So that's why that might be the perfect food after those ribs, though. But like he says, we'll take two sandwiches, two steak sandwiches, two steak sandwiches on rolls. I'm going with a steak sandwich. Two steak sandwiches on rolls, please. Two steak sandwiches on rolls. And then he eats. My last one is the saltines, and I sent you a video of it. Yeah. And we talked this morning. I get a video when I woke up this morning. <laughs> a video of Ed Harris eating saltine crackers. But like we talked about it on the Perfect Cracker episode. But like, yeah. Look at that video again, and like look at how. Mm-hmm. He does. He he puts the saltine cracker on like in his mouth, the wrong way, like oh. the long way. Uh, well, yeah. Do you do? Oh s- no, wait. The wide way. Like it's, I don't know. No, a saltine is a square, but it's a, it's but it's an odd choice he's making with that saltine that really works for some reason. Well, he, I, what I think he does <laughs> is he puts it on his tongue, like, and then yeah, like and then it disappears. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Yep. 
I love how he does that, and I think about that every single time I eat a saltine, which is often. Yeah. You with Bendini, Lambert, and Locke? Yep. Now, can I add one more honorary mention? Sure. This is like in our Perfect Train episodes when you had an honorary mention of Josh Baskin's mom singing a song about a train. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she met Abby mentions, let's just pretend like we're still in college. Mm. Do you remember this part? Oh, man, yeah. And let's just find whatever cash we have and order pizza and drink beer. <laughs> And there's just some sort of like, I you don't see this happening. I I don't I don't, I think they actually have a fight, and so it doesn't happen. Yeah. But just the mention of this something that they used to do when they were in college. Yeah. Was like that. That is the most tempting. That's more tempting than what does he tell her? Like, let's eat some eggs with our clothes. Remember this part where he's like. Have you had eggs yet? She's like, yeah, I had eggs. But did you eat it with your clothes off? Wait, what? I was like, what? Wait, I don't remember that. Because he says, want some bacon? Hey, want to have some eggs? I had some eggs. Want to have some naked? Want some bacon? Maybe it's bacon. She says, no, I had to eat breakfast. And he's like... But did you eat it with your clothes on? It's some sort of oh, weird sexy that. thing he tries to. Okay. Unless I dream. Could I have dreamed this <laughs> since I watched half of it last night and half of it this morning? Could this be a dream? But have you had bacon with your clothes on? <laughs> I swear to you, I remember this line. I'm going to find this. Okay, yeah, yeah. I, I believe you. For the results show. Okay. <laughs> so th- th- that's him trying to be uh, like a tempter. Her saying, let's pretend we're back in college and order pizza. Yeah. Is like, I mean, tell me more. Yeah. I, I mean, again. <laughs> this is good stuff. That's why I put up there. You, I, you really hit the nail on the head with the first 30 minutes of this movie. Wish yeah. fulfillment, dream fulfillment. Um, it's it's imagining what life was like in your 20s. Uh, pre-kids, obviously. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you're, you're, we don't dream of something like that. You know, You know what I mean? It's just like remembering the pizza and the beer and just you, just you two. That's better than the money, right? Totally. The the money after that first setup in the first half an hour is the problem. And she says several times, that's never what I wanted. I just wanted you. Yep. And then this whole pizza thing. And it's like, I prefer... We always, why do we always come back to the same stuff, dude? Mm -hmm. Watch movies. I prefer just your presence. I prefer what it used to be like before all the stress and all the money and all the stuff happened. Let's just be together. Um, It's a, and I I don't think that actually works unless you get the setup in the first half an hour of how great the money could be. Yep. Yeah, she says, it just never satisfies. Yep. She says, Szechuan beef from Wong Boys. It's the last time I remember laughing. Wow. Like, yep. can't we just go back to that? Like, is it almost it's a great line. better pre-everything coming true? Like, do you think Stephen King and his wife were ever like, man, that even though that house sucked, there was yeah. something so content. I don't know. Aaron and I talk about that. There, there, yeah. there is a lot of crap 
that comes with money. Yep. And that comes with a life where you have to keep making it. <laughs> and uh, that is just simpler when you don't have it. There's a, there's a there's a truth in there somewhere that I think this movie hits on a little bit. Yeah, because they get everything they'd ever dreamed of, and yep. it sucked. All it does is trap them. Yep. Hmm. Is that the deeper meaning? Let's say it is. We huh. did it. We figured out All the right. deeper meaning of this, what could be kind of like a frothy, right? Yeah. Like, um, like crime thriller with Tom Cruise running around. I do think that the, the, this past viewing, at least I was like, huh, several times. Like there actually was no mafia and the firm was actually totally fine. <laughs> Just they discovered once they got everything they ever dreamed of, it sucked. And they'd rather have the, ch- the yeah. Chinese chicken and pizza and beer. <laughs> yep. Man, I feel it. Mm. I feel that for sure. Yep. All right, dude. Well, now, listener, it's up to you. Is The Firm not only good and fun, but is it perfect? We're curious. I don't think Anthony and I actually have our decisions yet, mm. so we're curious to hear and see your thoughts on this. So you can go to any of our social medias, just at Two Gomers Anywhere. Um, don't only vote on Insta, but we'd love to hear people's thoughts because yes. we can read those out loud on the result show. Um, so do that now. We're going to find out if this movie is perfect or not. Some thanks to our webmaster, Adam, for Jason to Jason for our graphics, Davis for our music, Annie for our social media. I'm not sure what our next movie is. We may do that thing you do if we can make that happen. I want to do Father of the Bride yes, close to Father's right. Day. Yep. Mm-hmm. So who knows? It could be one or the other of those amazing, again, 90s movies. Dude. I, I mean... I love it, dude. It, that's our that's our bread and butter, bro. You're right. <laughs> we just love it. We did we did Chariots of Fire. What else do you want from us? <laughs> we did two 70s movies, right? Yeah. We did Star Wars, a movie very unfamiliar to us, Star uh-huh, Wars. Right. And we did Chariots of Fire. <laughs> Cut us a break. We can go back to the 90s for a little while. Yeah. Love it, dude. <laughs> All right, dude. So fun. Super fun, man. Firm, Thanks for listening, everybody. I, I think I'm going to watch yep. this one again. And I'm gonna let's read the book. I agree. Okay, good idea. Book. Oh, and I just did look up Tom Cruise running on YouTube. There is a video with two million views called "Every Tom Cruise Run Ever," and it's 19 minutes long. Fantastic. Okay, <laughs> love it. So get on that too. All right. All right, dude. Great app. Super fun, man. All right. Happy watching either Father of the Bride or that thing you do. Bye.